0: I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. A reading
1: from Mark. When he returned to Capernaum, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around, and there, were, there was no longer room for them, not even in front of his door, and he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to, cheese, to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they laid down the man, On which the paralytic lay when Jesus saw their faith he said to the paralytic son your sins are forgiven now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts why does this fellow speak in this way is it blasphemy who can forgive sins but God alone at once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves and he said to them why do you raise such questions in your heart Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat and go to your home. And he he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified. And glorified God saying we have never seen anything like this Jesus Jesus went out back again beside the sea the whole crowd gathered around him and ate and he taught them as he was walking along he saw Levi son of Alphaeus sitting on the tax booth and he said to him follow me and he got up and followed him and as he sat at the at dinner at the diner at the dinner in Levi's house, in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those are, are well have no need of a physician those who are sick, but those who are sick, I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and the people came and said to him, why do, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast? But your fast do not fast, but your disciples do not fast. Jesus said to them, the wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? As long as they have the the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and they will will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak, otherwise the patch pulls away from it. The, news, the new from the old, the worst tear is made. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost. And so are the skins, but one puts new wine into fresh wine skins. The gospel of the Lord. Praise
0: the Lord Last spring I attended a workshop on eating disorders and holy communion. The presenter shared her story with us. She always had a healthy body weight, but she kept a well-guarded secret. She would go shopping at the local grocery store for what? No one else knew what she was there for. Her fix, as she called it. Unnamed spiritual hungers latched on to the one thing that she wanted more than anything else. Food. She alone knew that she would devour it, hidden away in the privacy of her own home. And when she was done... She pushed away the loneliness and the self-hatred by quietly rationalizing her behavior. No matter how deep she buried the truth, she could not escape the fact that she was a prisoner of addiction. The man lowered through Jesus' roof may have been in a similar situation, Only instead of being a prisoner of addiction, he was a prisoner of sin. Now, Mark doesn't tell us what sins he committed, and it doesn't seem to matter. What does matter is that this prisoner of sin suffered from paralysis. Maybe... Just maybe, his paralysis was a physical symptom of whatever secret shame he felt over his sins. Or perhaps it was unrelated. In any case, it seems that he was drawn to Jesus' house by curiosity as much as anything else. He wanted to hear the word that Jesus was speaking but Jesus' house was so full of visitors that he couldn't, his friends could not get him close enough on his mat to hear anything. So they punched a hole in Jesus' ceiling and lowered him down into Jesus' living room. Anyone else might have seen a lawsuit for property damage. But Jesus only seemed to see their faith. Instead of getting mad about his new skylight, Jesus discerned the man's need for absolution and offered it freely. The cause of his shame was forgiven. He was now free to begin the work of healing. Freedom from shame is necessary to experience true healing. Sadly, we are drawn to the power of shame to shape behavior. The boy who cries is shamed for being a baby. The girl who shows no interest in traditionally feminine things is derided as a tomboy. A young man's sexuality is called into question and stigmatized if he doesn't conform to the cultural ideas of masculinity. Young women are bombarded with unrealistic expectations which shape their body image in harmful ways. Shame prevents us from being whole people, it compartmentalizes, it isolates, and it cuts off all who are in its power. Shame is a powerful social force, and it is especially dangerous when it takes on religious significance. It can prevent us from getting the help that we need and living the life that God prepared for us. Shame is ultimately rooted in the fear of judgment. It has the power to paralyze us imprisoning us within ourselves there is truly no lonelier place to be perhaps this is why the man who suffered with paralysis was drawn to jesus house on that day he felt the fresh breeze of god's merciful spirit blow into his prison on the word that jesus was speaking While some onlookers might have been encouraged by what they witnessed, others were deeply troubled. Apparently, a few of the visiting scribes believed that Jesus overstepped his authority. To be sympathetic was one thing, but to forgive sins was something entirely different. Did Jesus risk enabling this sinner by transforming the man's shame with a word of pardon? Who was this preacher that he would attempt an end run around God to forgive another's sin? Immediately, Jesus perceived the conflict within their hearts. The time had come to show just how far his authority could go. Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go home. At once, the man's spiritual freedom manifested itself in physical healing. Strength returned to his stiff legs, weakened from disuse. Immediately he stood up took his mat, and walked out in the sight of all. He was free from his sins and the shame that accompanied him, as free as he was from his mat. As Jesus would later say, I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. Now it's important to remember that not all shame is the result of sin. Not all shame is the result of sin. We also commit many sins without feeling any shame at all. The point of this story is that Jesus is Lord in your life and in mine. Not sin, not shame. It takes faith in this good news to resist the powers that strive for control through shame It was faith in this good news, which freed the presenter I heard last spring, so that she could be healed. She experienced the good news in a powerful way, through Holy Communion. In this meal, we participate in Jesus' death on the cross. He suffers the consequences of our sin and our shame. And he gives us the resurrection reward of the righteous. In this exchange, the presenter experienced a profound affirmation of the goodness of her body. Jesus took the shame of her addiction to himself on the cross. He freed her to begin the difficult work of healing. Healing did take place for her during a specialized program. Receiving Holy Communion was an important part of her recovery. Her witness helped prepare many pastors to care for those imprisoned by addiction. I can only imagine that the man who was lowered through Jesus' roof gave a similar testimony as he walked through the streets of Capernaum carrying his mat. And what about those who were left with questions about enabling sin and circumventing God? Perhaps we, like they, have much to consider. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.sttimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.